This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'd, I'll, I'll never go back. Uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. Yeah. I'm too old. I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Tom. And this is Tracy Henley. This is your 2020 Great Lakes Traditional Sprint Champion, Michael Adjet. This is Tyler Rourke. This is David Melke. This is Travis Stemler. Bobby Santos. Tom Deary. Bill Muskrat, Travis Brady. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday evening. Feels like fall. Feels like special season is still in full effect. It's because it is. Take a look at everything that's going on coming up here in just a few, but right now let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Richmond, Michigan native and third-generation racer Brandon Varney got his first Vores Welding CRA Late Model Sportsman powered by Jags win back on August 22nd at Anderson Speedway. Then Varney took the lead on lap 40 and went on to get his second series win and second straight at Anderson Speedway on Saturday night. Cannon McIntosh won Friday night's James Dean Classic for the USAC NOS Energy Drink National Midgets on night one of the Indiana Donor Network Driven to Save Lives double-double at Gas City I-69 Speedway. CJ Leary was victorious in the USAC Amsoil National Midget Sprint Car feature. Then down in Kokomo, Indiana, Tyler Courtney came out of uh, a late race duel with Brady Bacon and Courtney was on top to take the sprint car feature. Then in midgets, Chris Windham used a late race caution to gap himself from Courtney and Tanner Thorson. Trevor Knowles collected a, gladi a gladi gladiator's sword over the weekend at Bristol Motor Speedway, winning the fourth annual Pinty's U.S. Short Track Nationals with the Arca CRE Super Series, Southern Super Series, and Cars Tour sanctioned event. It was Josh Brock who found victory lane in the JEG CRA All-Stars Tour. And no, Rich France, we are not going to talk about all the problems that some teams had with Hoosier racing tires chunking and, and blistering and coming apart and, you know, the concern that that raises before big events at the end of the year. No, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to bring it up. <laughs> How you doing, Zach? I, uh, I had a great time this weekend. I went to another track, believe it or not, a pavement track that I had never been to before. Uh, went up to the Owasso Speedway and uh, went up to their 25th annual Fall Nationals on Saturday had a great time and saw some great races. Yeah, I'm glad that we were able to get you up there. I, I was going to go, and then the folks with the Great Lakes Super Sprint said, nay, nay, we're going to add a race at I-96 Speedway. So I was there. We'll have some of that uh, coming up later on tonight. Some great interviews lined up for this evening. We'll talk with uh, first ever female champion with the Champion Racing Associations, Katie Hettinger. She's coming up. Uh, we'll also chat with one of the folks who got the win at Owasso. Uh, Kyle Hayden will be on the program tonight, and then Dean Wilkerson will join us to talk Winston Speedway. That's all ahead on tonight's episode of Horsepower Happenings. Until then, Rich, what's going on in the racing world? Well, Zach, over the past year or so, we've been talking about Haley Deegan and her rise in racing. Well, 
she may need to move over a little bit. Uh, it only took 12 races for Gracie Trotter to etch her name in the history books. The 19-year-old from Denver, Colorado, drove away with the win in the General Tire 150 Saturday at the Bull Ring at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. In the process, Trotter became the first female winner of an ARCA Racing sanctioned event. Uh, this is Trotter's first year in the Arkham Menard Series West, and she is uh, piloting the number eighty, the number 99 Toyota for Bill McAnally Racing. In addition to eight starts in the West, she's run three Arkham Menard Series races and an Arkham Menards East Series event. She also uh, drives on the East Coast for Rev Racing as part of the NASCAR Drive for Diversity program, uh, and who she also won her first late model race at North Carolina's Hickory Motor Speedway last week. Trotter fended off BMR teammate Gio Selzy on a late race restart with 10 laps to go, and then drove away to the win by eight tenths of a second. Arkham Menard Series West Points leader Jesse Love finished third to give BMR a sweep of the podium. Trotter led three times for a race high of 95 laps. And Zach, in other ARCA action, Ty Gibbs collected his sixth Arkham Menard Series win of the season in the Sioux Chief uh, Power Packs 200 at Memphis International Raceway. But it was runner-up Sam Mayer uh, who was also in a joyous mood as he wrapped up the, the Sioux Chief Showdown Championship. Mayer, though, finished five points ahead of Gibbs in the Sioux Chief Showdown, a 10-race series designed to bring the best of the Arkham Menard Series, East and West Series, all together. And uh, Mayer, who also became the youngest National or Touring Series champion in NASCAR history with his East title last year, added an ARCA trophy to his collection. He can make it two in October as he holds a 26-point lead over Gibbs in the ARCA Menards East Series standings with one race to go. Well, we talked about the Great Lakes Super Sprints pulling me away from Owasso Speedway and uh, Rich, I'm I'm only a little bit sad that I didn't make it to Owasso because, my goodness, this was the craziest weekend of racing I've ever seen with the Great Lakes Traditional or Great Lakes Super Sprints. They called I-96 Speedway home for a Friday-Saturday doubleheader. On Friday night, the Traditional Sprints hosted a co-sanctioned event with the Boss Sprints from Ohio, and nearly 30 cars turned out for a chance at victory. After an eventful evening, Matt Westfall held off Luke Hall and Tyler Gunn for the win. Then on Saturday, 25 winged 360 sprints graced the property just outside of Ionia for their final showdown of the season. $3,000 was on the line, and racing was hot and heavy all evening. And Rich, again, one of the most eventful GLSS features I've ever witnessed, ended with a very excited Jared Horseman in victory lane, and I had a chance to catch up with him and get his thoughts in the trailer after the race. I don't know how many drivers can say they drove off the top of turns three and four, spun out in turns one and two with over a five second lead, by the way, there's the number, okay. and then did a green white checker finish and still came home a winner. Jared Horseman, this is one of the craziest races I've ever seen with a Great Lakes Super Sprint. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I just uh, very fortunate to, uh, to hold on for the win. Um, opening lap, uh, drove it off at turn, turn three and four. Glad there was a caution. Uh, we lost about five or six spots there. And then uh, um, again, late in the race, drove it off, held on. Uh, and, then, and then with three, four laps to go, spin it out. And uh, not knowing how big a lead you got, I mean, it's, it's hard to uh, say slow down right. and tell yourself to slow down. You got good cars behind you. So um, it's go, go, go all the time. But um, 
you know, hold on for the wind and uh, wrap this thing up the end of year is pretty neat. Talk to me about this I-96 Speedway. This racetrack was so unique tonight. Turns three and four from street stocks to you guys. Nobody could get a handle on it really, really well. What was it about this racetrack that was so difficult to grasp tonight? You, you know, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I could get through one and two really good. Um, almost wide open right on the cushion on the top and then I get into three and and uh, the race car gets just super tight and uh, it, why I drove it off the racetrack. Um, you know, so I, I start driving the thing, you know, in right in the middle and catching the cushion on exit and uh, the car felt so much better that way, but uh, just had to be, uh, had to put the car where I needed to and uh, um, A, keep it out of harm's way and lap traffic was tough tonight. So um, uh, I had to navigate that as well. You know, I call it kind of a little bit of a drought. You won three in a row, then you, you wrapped up the 2020 points championship a couple of weeks ago. Still hadn't caught a win since those three yeah. in a row. Yeah. How, how, how important was it for you to get back into victory lane? Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, the I-96 here is one of my one of my favorite racetracks. And uh, just start the season off with a win, uh, three in a row early in the year. And, and then, uh, like you said, kind of go, go on a drought for uh, seven, eight races, a uh, bunch of second places. Um, you know, but to, to finish this thing up, uh, you know, at the end of the year, we uh, we were always in contention for the win. Um, I think uh, starting position had a little bit to do with uh, some of it. Um, you know, uh, rule one, three in a row there when we were starting six or eight. So I uh, didn't pass some cars, uh, you know, to run second or third. So, um, you know, pretty awesome to get the get the uh, finale here at the end of the year with this group and uh, take home $3,000. Jared, congratulations. Nice, nice championship season and hell of a race out there. Definitely. Thank you very much. Well, and so the reason that I described it that way is because Jay Steinebank put on a show. Yeah, Jared may have won the race, but not only did Jay spin on lap one from second place and managed to have the entire field miss him. He drove back up and finished second after a last lap slider on Phil Gressman that made me nervous. He shared his thoughts post-race on how the event went for him. Very tricky racetrack tonight. It's the same thing that I talked to, uh, you know, talked to Jared about it. I'm gonna talk to you about the same thing. This was an I-96 Speedway that it looked like almost everybody had trouble getting a hold of tonight. You bring it home second. Take me through your 25 laps. You know, when I uh, spun it out there on the initial start trying to get to the lead from fourth, I, I, I was hoping I didn't get hit. And then uh, once I didn't get hit, I knew I had something for him already. I actually went in the playbook from about eight or nine years ago and pulled a setup out that I won with here that long ago. And it's, it's a good, my golden child. This was a very crazy race. Uh, you know, you marred with lap traffic. I think there were only like six cars that finished on the lead lap. Talk about that green-white checker finish between you and Phil Gressman because that was wild. You know, I knew if I could get by Phil, I was reeling him in, so I knew if I could get by him, I knew I had something for Jared, but I just, I didn't, I just didn't have enough time. I ran out of laps. You know, I think at the end there, I was the fastest car on the track, but uh, you know, just ran out of time. I got by, uh, got by the seven car with one to go, and I just didn't have enough to get to Jared big slide job that was awesome and uh you, you bring it home in second i want to talk about the fact that there was a time where jay steinebach it was like that, that car could probably do okay but mechanical issues mechanical issues you, the season you've put together here with the non-wing and the wing car you got to be pretty proud of how 2020s went 
Yeah, for sure. You know, we've, we've stepped up some stuff. We put some good shocks on the cars. You know, I got a, a buddy of mine, Dan Logan, does a really good job with the motors, just a local guy. But, uh, you know, he, he built this 360. We, we redid it after last year, and it, it doesn't qualify the best, but, man, does it run. You know, uh, Tim Angler down there, we took it down there, and he put it on the dyno, and he says, hey, it, it's not the biggest horsepower, but you're going to be able to race with it. And that's exactly where we're at with it right now. You know, it's, it's going to get a little more for next year, but uh, we're pretty happy with tonight for sure. Jay, congratulations. You finished out the season on the podium, second place. Nice job. Thank you. Appreciate it. Get this, Rich. Not only... Did we catch up with drivers on the track? But I had a chance to catch all out Andrew Scheid. He was on property as a race fan. I had to get his thoughts after watching what he just saw from I-96 Speedway. And and we talk about some other things as well. Well, how about this? I catch up with the pavement kid. No, I'm just kidding. Andrew Scheid at I-96 playing spectator tonight. What was it like for you to sit in the grandstands? This is probably the first time you've watched a Great Lake Super Sprint Series race. I don't know, maybe ever. You know, it, it was the weirdest thing. I, I didn't realize we were going that fast, and I guess I didn't realize <laughs> we were that crazy. Them boys were getting it tonight, and that was that was something to watch. The racing was absolutely insane, and the moves that Jared Hortzman put on were absolutely insane. Talk to me about how things are going for you right now. You've made a major swing. You've stepped out of the sprint car for the season. You're doing some racing at Berlin. And you wrapped up the year with a great finish. Talk, talk to me about how that transition's been for you. What, what, do, what do you think of it? You know, I think running this pavement stuff is actually going to help me in my dirt career as well. We're hoping to still run both, uh, and I believe that we will. But just learning how to be as smooth as you have to be in this pavement stuff is going to transfer into dirt, no doubt. Especially with these Michigan tracks, how slick they get. You need to be smooth on the wheel, you need to be smooth on the throttle and you need to be smooth on your brake input, and this late model is going to help me out immensely. Talk to me, be honest with me here. How much did you miss it when you were sitting up in the grandstands tonight? Uh, I almost told my dad I didn't want to come because I knew <laughs> I was going to sit there and just, I, I was honestly, I was very upset to begin with, but you know, once the racing got going, it loosened me up, and I guess uh, I definitely can't say it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Um, but I just, it does suck to be a spectator. It yeah, really does. absolutely. Well, Andrew, uh, congratulations on everything you've done on the pavement side. Really looking forward to seeing what you do there. And can't wait to watch you get back behind the sprint car. Thank you very much. So that'll do it for now for the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints and Great Lakes Super Sprints. Um, not sure that they're going to sanction any more events here in 2020. But, Rich, it's 2020. It's COVID year. We don't know. There's no plan. There is no plan. No, there is no plan, Zach. But you know what? What we do know is pavement racing had a chance to take center stage uh, this weekend in Michigan as Owasso Speedway held their 25th annual Fall Nationals. Uh, like I said, I made my first time ever trip up there uh, and really had a great time to cover the Outlaw Super Late Models, which it's no secret I love those bad boys and the Modifieds as well. Uh, first on tap was the 50-lap Modified Feature event. And for 30 laps, uh, it was all Chris Begg, but with 18 to go, Kyle Hayden made a nice move in the bottom of turns one and two to take over the race lead. And after that, it was all Hayden the rest of the way as he picked up a popular and well-deserved win. Begg, Dave Christensen, Nick Clemens, and Nick Lakota would complete the top five. And then it was on to the Outlaw Super Late Models, and Dan Leak and Blake Childers would lead the field to green in the 75-lap 
$3,000 to win feature event. Childers and Leak would run side by side, Zach, for the first 20 laps, with Childers maintaining the race lead on the high side, while Leak would continue to try to work the bottom. But all eyes were on Kyle Crump, moving from his 11th starting position to battle Ch Childers for the race lead with 20 laps to go. But on lap 64, Crump would get to the inside of Childers coming off of turn four, lost grip, and looped his number 50 machine down the front straightaway. That would be the end of the night for Kyle Crump uh, after an incredible run, and he would retire with a flat left front tire. Um, on the ensuing restart, it was Jason Fowler who had his shot at Ch Childers, but Childers was up to the task and finished off the victory, his first fall nationals win in an outlaw late model, and collecting $3,000 in the process. I caught up with Blake after the event. Blake Childers, man, what a run. Uh, talk about your 75 laps. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a good 75 laps there. Uh, we started in the front row, had a little bad uh, qualifying run there, and uh, we was able to lead all but one, I think, uh, one lap of the race. A uh, couple restarts held the guys off the best that we could. Uh, about 30 to go, we had an oil leak, and uh, so it started uh, spinning the tires pretty good on me. And I uh, did all I could do to save it uh, save it for the end, and I, I was there at the end, and I finished it off. You had a couple battles throughout the race. At the beginning, uh, Dan Leak was giving you everything you could handle at the beginning. Were you trying to save a little bit there so you didn't burn it off just racing him the, the first 20 or 30 laps? Yep, I was. Uh, I knew he was there. I knew if I could hold him there and not let him get in front of me and not use up my stuff too much, I could. Uh, if I could keep him down on the bottom there, I uh, should be all right with the tires there. So I tried to save as much as I could but stay ahead of him a little bit, and... Uh, Eventually, he worked his way back, and he snuck up behind me, and uh, we went on from there. The battle of the race we got to talk about because it was a show for the fans, you and Kyle Crump. Uh, he was passing everybody on the bottom, which you don't see here very often. Uh, he came from deep in the field, and it was everything you could do to hold him off until he spun down the main straightaway on lap with 11 to go. Oh, yeah, yep. It was everything I had there, and, uh, yeah, it takes a good car to uh, get down to the bottom like that and run up next to people, and uh, he definitely had a fast car. And I was just trying to hold him off, hold him off the best that I could. And uh, he gave uh, he gave me everything he had, and I gave him everything I had until he spun there. So if he wouldn't have spun, we would have had ourselves a good race there at the end, uh, for sure. Now, you, this is your first late model win here at the Fall Nationals. You've won here before. Uh, what's that mean? Uh, it means a lot to me. Uh, we've been, uh, it's only a second race this year. And uh, we just kind of backed off on the racing, and it's nice uh, to know that we can come out here and still compete with these guys and have a good time. Tell me who all makes this possible for you. Uh, my dad, first of all, uh, Dean Hudson down in Indiana, a uh, longtime late model racer. He helps me out every every weekend. He wasn't able to make it today. Um, all my sponsors, Motor City Builders, TriPoint Auto Mall, uh, ABC Tire, all these guys, if they weren't uh, here helping me, sponsoring me, none of this would be possible. So i got to thank all them guys. Well, congratulations, and by any standard, 74 out of 75 laps, pretty good day. Heck yeah, thank you very much. Well, Felver, a former champion at the Owasso Speedway, had a solid runner-up finish, and I tracked Jason down to get his thoughts. Jason uh, brought home a second-place finish. Not so bad. <laughs> no, not with the field of cars we had here tonight. There was uh, some big names and some really good cars. I think it was 10th and a half from 10th or 12th to 1st, so uh, can't complain. Kind of had a front-row seat uh, with 11 to go. Uh, Kyle Crump was giving Blake Childers all he could handle. He spins down the straightaway. Uh, that kind of opens the door up for you a little bit. Yes, uh, I'll take all the luck I can get. We were probably a third-place car tonight. You know, they were racing real hard and, and got together. So, you know, better to be lucky than good sometimes. <laughs> were you? Was there any way during that race, I, it, it just seemed like a very fast-paced race with the long green flag runs? Yeah, it, 
there was no riding in that uh, with their long runs. You know, if you if you rode, everybody'd get away. So you you really had to drive 100% the whole time. And you know, Blake started up front, which definitely is a lot easier on equipment. We came from 10th, uh, so we were pretty used up by the time yeah. we got there. I think Kyle was a class of the field, Crumb. Yeah. Well, it was a nice second place run. Who all do, who all makes this possible for you? Well, uh, my dad, uh, Red Cedar Hoops, Main Beverage. Central Michigan Industries, Fessler and Bowman, Todd Roseboat Trucking. There's a bunch of them. Congratulations, man. Nice job. Thank you. And Brandon Short, uh, Zach, who had a great car two weeks in a row. He had a great showing at his first ever appearance at the Glass City 200. Uh, and he would have complete the podium finish. And we discussed his performance. Man, you had a great day last weekend at the Glass City until the engine blew up. You made it all the way to the end. Nice Nice third place finish tonight. Yeah, can't complain about the finish. The cars in one piece. Um, you know, we were a little bit faster. You know, a couple mistakes where I fell off the back stretch that certainly didn't help me at all. And uh, just a little bit too much power for me. Uh, definitely need to choke it down a little bit. We were spinning our tires quite a bit, which definitely affect you know our whole drive around the track. But it was a fun race, and like I said, you know, cars in one piece. You know, we'll come back next year and hopefully get them. Talk lap eleven restart was big for you because. Uh, Prior to that, Kyle Crump was kind of up there battling with Childers most of the time, and you kind of had a front row seat to it, just sitting there watch it. That caution was big for you to, to, to be able to get in the top three. Yeah, we were definitely struggling on the long runs. Just, you know, I got my rear tires too hot. Uh, yeah, Crump, he was really fast. I'm not sure what happened with him in 33, you know, unfortunate, you know, luck for him. But he looked like he was the car to beat, that's for sure. Now, great run for you. Tell me all who makes this possible for you. Yeah, yeah, we got Steve Needles, Doug Needles, Direct Detail, you know, Brian Short, Ernest Performance, Seneca Race Cars. Just a lot of people on this car, Hutter Racing Engines. Just, you know, a little bit more work. I'm still learning as a driver, and I can only get better from here. Brandon, great job. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. And Alex Hagen, Zach, and Dan Leak would round out the top five. So, so Zach, a great, uh, great day of racing up at the Owasso Speedway on Saturday night. Uh, we're going to have to make it a point to get back up there in 2021. Well, Rich, with all of that information aside and everything, uh, you know, in the bag now, it's our pleasure, Rich, to welcome in one of the guys who got the job done over the weekend. Yeah, this gentleman did an outstanding job uh, at the Owasso Speedway for the 25th Annual Fall Nationals, uh, picked up the win in the Modified, uh, makes his home in Clio, Michigan. Kyle Hayden, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, guys, how's it going today? Pretty good, man. Uh, Let's go back to talk about the race. It, I I didn't think, you know, that, that you really had anything for Chris. I mean, you followed him for 30 laps. Uh, were you on cruise control knowing that it was a 50-lap race? Yeah, I've I've driven a lot of those, these 50, 7,500-lap races over the years, and I know Chris has doesn't have quite as much experience. He's got a really fast race car, and uh, pretty much uh, starting on the pole right next to him, as soon as we talk, took the green, he just – took off like out of a cannon just drove right away from me so i knew it the, the race was going to go one of two ways either he was going to be just that good and i wasn't going to catch him or he was going to kind of wear his stuff out and i was going to get back to him so i just kind of ran my race there for the first 20 to 30 laps and slowly started reeling him back in uh and i, I fully expected a yellow at some point that, that never never came which really shocked me that everybody in the field did a great job of a running clean for 50 straight laps it was awesome but uh yeah i just reeled him back in and then i knew he was, he was really starting to struggle around lap 30 when i got to his bumper um i just showed him the nose once to kind of let him know hey it's time to go we're racing now and uh, a couple laps later i made the move and uh, just drove away it was a great race 
Did you have an idea that it was just you two out and gone from everybody else? Not really. That's, that's why I love racing without the radios is you really don't know. Um, cause I raced for a long time in the Jag CRA all-stars tour where you have the radio. So you constantly know the kind of the, where you're at in terms of location with everybody else. But I, I had a feeling, uh, I, I really thought that there was, there was going to be a little bit more traffic behind me. I saw Blake Rowe's name or, or number pop up on the board and uh, Dave Christensen and Nick Clemens. And those guys have been pretty stout. So I, I knew once I saw those guys start to work their way up into the top five, it was, uh, it was time to get to the front and get the job done. But I didn't realize really how far ahead we were until after the race was over. You know, Kyle, you mentioned uh, you mentioned your time with the Jegs Tour, and you're kind of a hard guy to track down on social media right now. So if anybody maybe doesn't know much about you, kind of give us a brief overview of what has what your career has been leading up to racing modifieds right now. Sure. Um, well, my starts with, I mean, my family's been in racing since the, the 60s. Uh, part of Pit Road at Auto City Speedway is actually named after our family. My my dad raced for a long time, and both of my uncles on both sides of my family have raced. Uh, but I started racing in 2003 at Auto City in the Thunder Truck class, kind of a stock truck class, kind of like what they have now. Uh, ran that for a couple of years, won a championship my second year, and then we moved up into the factory stock division, uh, which at that time at Auto City was super competitive, uh, 20 to 30 guys every week, probably 12 to 15 of them could win. Uh, we bought, bought a car from Joe Hodgson Jr. that he had won multiple championships with. We ran that for a few years um, up till about 2008, and then I was in college, and I just started getting super busy, and I was, I was pretty much almost going to be done. And then uh, my uncle, Tim Preby, uh, used to race modifieds. Uh, he used to actually run some ARCA races in the early 90s. He came up and said, hey, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about getting a late model if you want to drive it. Like, of course I want to drive it. Who wouldn't? So uh, we went and picked that up. And uh, from 2008 till about 2018, we were running the template body, crate motor late models uh, at Auto City. We won a track championship, um, ran in the old Super Pro Series before it became the Jags All-Star Tour, won Rookie of the Year in that. Uh, won the uh, won one of the Jags, the last Jags race uh, they had at Auto City Speedway. We actually won probably one of the biggest moments of my career. Um, but then after doing that for 10 or 11 years, it, it, we just we were kind of over it. My uncle was ready to move on and do some other things with his free time, and I started a family. And uh, So he, we sold the car, and uh, about halfway through or at the end of 2018, we sold the car and i just figured I was just going to be done, go help out my buddies at the racetrack and go hang out. Uh, and then 2019 rolls around and, uh, my, my best friend, best man at my wedding, Robbie Johnson, he, uh, he drives a car with uh, Rick Wycorek racing. And I, I'd known Rick a little bit, but not really all that well. And I was over there at the shop one day, just kind of working on stuff with them. And they had a car sitting there that, uh, Robbie had actually driven the year before they were building him a new one. Rick said, Hey, uh, I'm not going to drive this. If you want to drive it, you work on it and you can drive it. And that's, we just, we went up to Whittemore and ran pretty good and went to Dixie, ended up winning a championship at Bertrand Speedway last year. And, uh, just, uh, we got ourselves a nice little race team there. And I, I'm just, I'm having a blast racing with, with these guys and racing these modifieds are so much fun. It's interesting to me that you kind of, and don't take this the wrong way, Kyle, but it sounds like you trip and fell into both of the premier pavement uh, classes. I consider modifieds a premier class. I think they put on a great show. And then, of course, the template-bodied uh, late models with the crate engine. Um, how cool is that? I mean, uh, how, how is the modified going for you, right? So for those who maybe missed the template part of your career, modifieds obviously going pretty well for you right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, dating back to about the end of last year, I'm on a run of 13 straight top fives with this car uh, between going to Whittemore, 
uh, Bertram Speedway, Owasso Speedway. We went to the big uh, Todd Gerhardt Memorial they had in July at Springport, finished fourth at that. Um, I think they just really fit my driving style and the way uh, I'm, I'm a pretty smooth driver. I'm not one to really get ultra aggressive up on the wheel. And that lends itself to these cars with higher horsepower, lower downforce and a skinny tire. So I think it just, it lends, it lends to the type of racing that I like to do. Um, I'm not a big beating and banging type of guy. Uh, I mean, I've used the bumper and I've had it used on me and that's kind of how things go. But uh, just, I think the, the mods and the quality of the fields are just so good. Like if you looked at the top 15 that in qualifying for that race at Owasso nationals, it, everyone whenever they go to the racetrack is a threat to win and just to be in part of that conversation is, is I'm, I'm blessed to be able to to race for these guys i'm blessed to have raced for my uncle and raced with my dad for so long it's just uh i love doing it it's in my blood and i'm i'm just going to keep doing it as long as i can and we we touched on this a little bit when i talked to you uh back in the pit area after the feature you know about these about these modifieds you know the the large horsepower narrow tires uh, no way to these cars. They couldn't be any more different than a super late model. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I, I've never, I've never driven one of the outlaw super late models or even one of the, like the, the sealed engine CRA type super late models, but the, uh, the crate, the crate car I drove, the horsepower was probably less than a modified has, but you have so much more tire with those big sticky 10 inch slicks and you've got so much more downforce with the template bodies. Uh, they, they don't drive really the same at all. Um, but some of the same principles with breaking points and trying to roll through the center of the corner and roll back into the throttle fast. I mean, those things go in any race car to be fast. But uh, I think i learned a lot of lessons driving the template cars. Cause I mean, I'm an, I'm an older compared to a lot of the kids that drive the drive the Jex cars. So I, I learned how to avoid wrecks a lot driving the late models. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think that's obviously lended itself to the close racing and the modifieds too. You know, you bring up a, a great point with the modifieds, and, and this goes kind of across the board. When you're dealing with a race car that has no fenders, there's uh, quite a bit less room for error. Is that a fair statement? Uh, no, that's not an understatement at all. And I learned that my lesson the, the hard way. The very first time I drove that car, when we went up to Whittemore Speedway, I, I, I hit stuff in the heat race, I hit stuff in the pursuit, and I hit more stuff in the feature. And <laughs> it's like... I was just trying to learn the limits on what you can and can't do. Uh, luckily, I didn't destroy my race car or anybody else's, but you, you learn pretty quick when that right front tire sticking out there. You don't really want to touch a lot of stuff with it because that's going to end your night in a hurry. Uh, and, and even to racing at Owasso Speedway, um, it's a great racetrack, great facility, but it, it's just so bumpy and rough. And these cars with a lot of stock components on them, it, it, they just take a beating. Uh, I've never seen cars just break so many suspension components. So you really got to be, you got to be up on your game at the track and at the shop as well. Talk to me about where the Sawaso Nationals win is on your career list. Uh, obviously, the Jegs race at Auto City, as you said, is right up there. Um, Owasso Nationals is always so competitive, and as you talk, the track is, is, is tough to get a hold of, especially in a modified. Where does this race rank for you? Oh, it's definitely in the top three or four races I've won in my career. Um, it's going to be hard to beat winning the Jags race at the track I've lived and grew up from five minutes away for my whole life. Right. Um, maybe one day I'll win something better than that, but, uh, this is definitely in the, in the top few races I've ever won or been a part of. Um, just like I said, the quality of the field. And I mean, I had a little bit of luck on my side starting on the front row never hurts, but it's just, it's such a tight field. The difference from second through 12th was only a 10th and a half. Uh, Blake Rowe had fast time. He was way faster than everybody else qualifying, but just just to be in that spot, I mean, it, it was it was luck, but also 
you got to prepare to take advantage of, of luck like that. And I think we do a pretty good job of that. You know, a beginning of the season, you know, I guess before the season started, a lot of news came out with Brian Nestor and Bud Gray, you know, taking over that Midwest modified tour. Uh, and they were, I thought they were going to do, be, have an opportunity to do just an incredible job with it because that's what those guys do every day of their life. And um, boy, that this, this COVID just kind of killed the first year giving them a shot. Uh, are you really looking forward to see what they can do in 2021? Oh, absolutely. Those were our first two or three races circled on our calendar for this year was, was going to be Flat Rock Speedway. And then the, the one at Kalamazoo, I was just really looking forward to those ones. Uh, and obviously with the pandemic uh, kind of putting a damper on everything, uh, I'm really looking forward to what Brian and Bud can do. They're Like you said, they're racers at heart. They kind of understand what the racers are going to need to put on good quality shows and to keep showing up and doing that. And uh, we'll have to look at the schedule next year and, and see kind of how things play out. But I, I would have, I would best guess will be at most all the Michigan races and maybe some of the other ones too. Um, just super exciting time to be in a modified. What do you have left in 2020 as we, you know, the Oslo Nationals is kind of the beginning of the end of the season. Uh, I know that as far as Rich mentioned, the Midwest Modifieds, they've got a date at Winchester. Are you going to be there? What, what's left on your schedule? Yeah, uh, in my younger days, I probably would have been going full bore for another month, but uh, I'm a school teacher and I'm actually back to school, face-to-face teaching kids and teaching kids in, online. So that it takes up a lot of my time. I've got a four-year-old that I, I love to spend time with my family. So I'm, we're probably going to call it a, call it a season. Um, Winchester is a completely different animal and, uh, we'd have to change motors to go there to be, to be competitive. Uh, I really got a big race down, uh, down in Ohio. Uh, we've kind of kicked that idea around, but it's on a different tire. It's at the end of October. It's going to be really cold. And like I said, when my younger days, I would, I'd go five days a week racing if I could, but I'm kind of slowing down. I, I'm 34, so I'm not like old, but in terms of racing years, I've been racing 18 years. So that right. stuff doesn't really get me as much as it used to. So I think I'm just going to kind of end on a win. And then for the next six months, I can tell everyone I won my last race and <laughs> we'll go try it again in 2021. There you go. Well, Kyle, congratulations on the win. Great work. And we look forward to seeing what you can do next year and, and maybe having you on the show again. Absolutely. And uh, thanks for you guys for, for putting on this podcast. It's awesome. This, uh, I love to hear about short track racing. and anybody that loves short track racing as much as I do. I'm always, I've always got time to, to sit and listen and share stories. And it's just, it's an awesome family to be a part of. All right. Now taking a look at some other things happening from around the industry. Rain postponed the world of outlaws, NOS energy drink sprint cars from earlier this year at Plymouth Speedway that got moved to Thursday night. Then on August 2nd, Donnie Schatz set a new track record at the Bullring in Plymouth, Indiana. And let me tell you, he remembered how to navigate the speedway over a month later. Schatz found victory lane for the fourth time this season, snapping an 18-race winless streak, the longest of his career since 2012 when he went 33 races without a win. Schatz, by the way, bested Brad Sweet and James McFadden to go to World of Outlaws victory lane. And Zach, 14-year-old Sellersburg, Indiana native Jordan Riddick opened and closed the COVID-19 shortened 2020 Victory Custom Trailers CRA Junior Late Model Season with victories at Anderson Speedway after winning the series season championship event Saturday night at Anderson, making a last lap past of first and second who had tangled in turn four coming to the checkers. 12-year-old Zach Wilhelm slid across the line in second, 13-year-old Cody King 
came across in third, but was penalized for rough driving and was put to the tail of the lead lap cars. 13-year-old Katie Hettinger was the MPM uh, marketing fast qualifier out of the nine drivers on hand for the season finale. Hettinger uh, came back to grab a third-place finish, giving her enough points to claim the 2020 Victory Custom Trailers CRA Junior Late Models Championship in her second year of competition with the series. And uh, with his win, Riddick also tied Hettinger for most series wins in 2020 with two apiece. And Zach, uh, on the phone line now, we uh, we had this young lady on the show earlier this summer when we had our Young Guns show. Uh, she just became the first female champion in, in Champion Racing Association history by closing out the Victory Custom Trailer CRA Junior Late Model Series Championship this weekend. She's 13 years old from Dryden, Michigan. Katie Hettinger, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hi, thank you for having me. First, Katie, congratulations. You are a CRA champion. Uh, you must be beyond thrilled. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's an honor to be the first female to win a championship for CRA. And there are a lot of good women. There are a lot of women in racing that are doing really good right now. Um, Tracy Hernley, she races at a local track down here in Michigan. Um, I saw that Gracie Trotter um, won the ARCA, first ARCA female, first female to win an ARCA race. And Haley Deegan is doing really good as well. So it's really cool because I look up to them. And hopefully now that I've been the first female to win a CRA championship, I can have more younger female drivers look up to me and hopefully have more female in racing. Now you had two wins on the 2020 season, and I got to see the last one at Toledo. Uh, your car seems to handle just so well and you make it look so easy sometimes, but I'm sure this has been uh, kind of a work in progress with you getting better and keeping that car good all season long. Yeah, we have a great crew. My dad, Johnny, Bobby, and Steve, they all do an amazing job working on the car. My dad, I'm so glad that he got me into racing and Bobby, he's at the shop almost every day working on the car uh johnny helps a lot you know it's a lot um it helps a lot that he he also was in racing because then he can he'll he races at these tracks so then he can tell me what the line is and how to run there how to get fast time and steve he does a great job on the tires and he's always right there to help whenever we need him you know, you talked about uh, the people that you look up to, and then Rich brought up Toledo. I got to ask you about your uh, your your friendship with Carson Hosevar and and what that's been like through the years. Because when you both were at Toledo, Facebook and social media were full of some really cool throwback pictures, and then pictures of you two together. Um, what is what is your relationship with Carson been like? Watching him go through the ranks, and now you're kind of doing the same thing, getting your foot through the door, and now winning a championship. Yeah, Carson, I've known him since we began quarter midgets. He's one of the biggest role models, and he's such a good driver, and he does so good with social media, and he's a huge role model for me. And I've known him since quarter midgets, and I've always watched his races. We've grown up together. I teach him handshakes from Girl Scouts in the pit. <laughs> and now he's growing up, and he's doing not only his dream, but also my dream. So I have someone that I've known for so long that I can look up to and be like, wow, I know that person and hopefully that can become me someday And because that person can help me with on track, off track. And Carson is so nice and he's like a brother to me. 
You know, you mentioned Tracy Hernley, and, uh, you know, she had some really nice things to say about you when we talked to her earlier this year when uh, it was announced that she was going to take over Spartan Speedway. And, uh, you know, looking at what you've done this year, I have to say as a as a person outside of the CRA organization, um, not just the wins. I know that a lot of people get hung up on the wins and losses, but Katie, you've been fast all season, three fast qualifier awards to go along with two wins. Uh, you just are really firing on all cylinders here, or you were as the season comes to an end. Yeah, we've had a really fast car all season. The guys have done a great job, and I think it's cool because not only did we race at some tracks that we raced at last year, but we did have some new tracks this year, um, so it was a lot of fun to get there. What is uh, – uh, so I'm guessing you're going to come back probably next year and try and defend your championship? Um, Actually, we – Right now, we don't really have the Junior Late Models planned. We have raced um, in the CRA Junior Late Model Series for two years now. So we are looking to move up. Um, this weekend, we're going to North Carolina, and we're going to go down there, and we're going to test the limited late model at Hickory, and we're going to see how it goes and hopefully figure out what we're going to do next year. But we also are going to run at some local dirt tracks, since I love dirt. We're going to race some dirt modifieds. And I'm really excited for that, too, so we can stay in the, um, like, home track racing family. You know who you sound like, Katie, right now, don't you? You, you so- No. You sound like you're following a little bit of a Chase Berta path. <laughs> you know, Chase Berta, he uh, he did something very similar, right? He went out there and last year competed in the, in the Junior Late Model Series, and then, uh, you know, he's doing that IMCA modified stuff around the state of Michigan and now racing in the JEGS Tour. So, uh, you know, what, what was it like this second year in the Junior Late Models for you as a driver? Uh, what, do, what do you think about this, this Late Model Series now, having seen it for the second year and now getting ready to maybe graduate out of it? Are, are you thankful for this, for this series to be here to get you started? Yeah, I think the series helped a bunch. Um, I do know that a lot of the drivers got recognition from – doing good in the series and we at 13 you're kind of at the age um where there's either you go to full-size late models or you stay in quarter midgets or um some of the smaller cars so we kind of needed a step right in between there where we could get ready for going up but also it's not too much so that's i'm so glad that they made the junior late model series because last year we had about seven drivers and this year we had like 10. So that was a huge accomplishment for the junior late models. And I know that it definitely helped a lot of the drivers. You could tell um, how they progressed through the season. You know, it was in August that you, you admitted on your Facebook page, you guys were down in Ohio, just throwing the rod and reel, trying to catch some fish. And GMS Racing put out a, an awesome press release about you being part of their driver development program. Talk to me about how that came about and what that means for you to be a part of that program. Yeah, like I said, it was it was a huge honor because we were on the boat and we had no service and we just come back and our phones are blown up with congratulations. And then my dad let us know. He's like, yeah, the GMS posted out the thing. And it's just awesome because they are like GMS. My mom works at GM. So I was glad that it was a Chevy team, but they they are amazing. I'm part of the driver development, driver's edge development. And we went down there um about a month ago um right after school started and we met with the gms people they were really nice we talked about what we were going to do and we got some stickers on the car we got the suit right before anderson 
the Friday before Anderson. So that was cool. Suits really cool, and I can't wait for to move up with them. So how how is that going to work? Talk to me about that relationship and how it's going to work and how they're going to help you move forward. So we'll have their we'll run their stickers on the car. And hopefully um, we're supposed to go down this weekend. We're going to go down to North Carolina and we're going to meet with them and talk about more because we were racing. We were waiting to figure out what we were going to do next season until after the season ended because um, we were in the race for the championship. So we were excuse me, right up there. So we were just trying to focus on the championship race and um, finishing. Hope we won the championship. So we were focusing on that. Um, so we're going to go down there, we're going to talk with them, and we're going to see what we're going to do uh, next year with whatever we race. Well, Katie, again, I want to say congratulations. It's been very cool to watch you uh, do what you do. I haven't had a chance to meet you at the racetrack yet, but uh, just watching your Facebook videos and, and watching you race and compete, uh, it's all—it's so awesome to watch you do what you're doing and see so many people uh really also watching along you know you have a lot of people watching what you're doing so congratulations on the championship looking forward to see what you do next year thank you so much hey with that behind and uh, great job by katie of course and i want to let you know racers know now more than ever Money needs to be spent wisely, especially we're at the end of the year. We're counting our pennies. You can get a head start on next year, though. Insert Hubco Metal Fabrication, racer-owned and operated Luke Hubble, knows the value of good quality products at a fair price. You can get a 24-inch pit lift. Again, be ready for 2021 because these things are awesome. 24-inch pit lifts with a hydraulic pump start at just $975 upgrades like powder coating, LED lights, waterproof pump car, all that stuff is available. To place an order, it's pretty simple. Find Hubco on Facebook, log on to hubcolifts.com, or you can call Luke at 269-838-0029. All right, Rich, it's time for our final interview on the night, and uh, we know a lot of people are looking forward to this one. Let us know who we're talking to. You know, Zach, I was able to make my first trip this season um, to the Winston Speedway. Uh, coming up this weekend, they have a big event, uh, the Player Hater Wild West Shootout. I love that name presented by Lane Automotive. Uh, we'll get into that a little more, but we have the promoters of the Winston Speedway up in Rothbury, Michigan, Dean and Lynette Wilkerson. Welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you. Now, Dean, uh, we were able to meet briefly uh, on the front stretch the night Dono Marcoulier picked up the win in the Benton Baker Challenge, and he collected that bounty. You know, that was my first time to your facility, and I was very impressed with it, and you really provide some great racing up there. Yeah, we um, put a lot of – when we picked it up last fall, we put a lot of work, a lot of hard hours into the uh, racetrack, added – little over 2,000 yards to play and um, do going in at a big part of turning it around would be, you know, providing a good race surface. You know, they'll come if you, you know, if you give them a good track. Dean and Dean or Lynette, whoever wants to take this question, uh, we, we've had this conversation actually earlier this year, Rich, we talked with uh, Tom and Tracy Hernley uh, about this. What possesses uh, a family who is really invested in race racing and race cars to decide that they want to purchase or promote and run a race track? What was that that sparked in your minds that you were going to take over Winston and you were going to try to make it into something? Well, I grew up racing here myself in, in this area, 
and uh, my dad raced before I did, and my son's third generation. And um, these local tracks, uh, Winston and Thunderbird, I've over the years spent a lot of time on both surfaces um, taking care of the racetracks. I own an excavating business, so I do for a living, so I have a little bit of knowledge with the dirt. So um, over the years, I've done it, and I've actually enjoyed doing it. And uh, my wife and I have talked about it a hundred times. I told her, man, I'd like to own a track someday. And I was helping Ed Higgins, which is the previous owner of Winston Speedway, out a little bit with uh, track prep. And he approached me for about a year and telling me I should buy the racetrack from him and I should buy the racetrack from him. And finally, uh, it sunk in and I, uh, I, uh, agreed to terms with him and that, you know, made it real affordable for us. And, and, uh, it was perfect scenario, perfect timing. It all just worked out. So we jumped into it. Now, uh, coming up this weekend, you guys have a huge event, best I can figure nine divisions, uh, and almost all of them are going to be racing for a whole lot of money. Tell, tell me how this player hater, uh, wild west shootout got started. Um, when we first started the season, you know, and we were going over schedule, I guess I'd say in the off season, you know, all the local tracks have their two day shows, and I just talked to my wife and we talked about doing a two day show, and um, when we talked to our sponsors and 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 was trying to put it all together through the season, Lane Automotive stepped up late and was interested in um, in sponsoring the show, and they um, wanted us to call it the Player Hater. Um, I don't know how it works, but apparently they were the last ones to really run the Player Hater race, or maybe that's their their uh, name for the shows they have, or however that works. But they uh, they jumped on board and wanted to be part, and and uh, asked if we would call it the Player Hater. So that's how that came about. Two days, and uh, it looks like over $60,000 in purse money. Um, and across those uh, nine classes, I think is what Rich said and, and what that ends up being, uh, we've got late models, IMCA modifieds, UMP modified, street stocks, pro stocks, cyber stocks, warriors, mini wedges, and then an enduro. How does that $60,000 purse prize break down? Do we know what we're racing for to win in, in some of these classes? Um, yep. We're racing uh, for three thousand to win in the late models, and uh, fifteen hundred to win in the UMP mods, twelve hundred to win in the IMCA mods, a thousand to win in the pro stocks, a thousand to win in the street stocks, and we have a cyber class and a warrior class, which are the four cylinders, and they're racing for four hundred to win in each of those classes and then we're also starting our um four cylinders four wide oh my goodness i've seen them started three wide before but not four wide that'll be fun we started our uh street stocks three wide earlier this year and it went great and there was plenty of room and i just felt that with the size of the four cylinders that that uh and they do a pretty good job at winston the four cylinders do not a lot of caution in them classes i uh thought it would be just something fun to try 
you know, that $60,000 purse breaks out really nicely. And uh, I can't remember the last time, Rich, that I've seen IMCA mods and UMP mods together, maybe at Merit uh, last year or the year before. Um, but, Dean, that is really good payout at a, at a racetrack that's going to put on a really good show. Um, you, you may have one of the best end-of-the-year programs going for you here into the first weekend of October if this, uh, if this plays out in your favor. We're hoping so. <laughs> um, we, um, we race, we, uh, we race largely. We got like Lane Automotive on board. We've had some good sponsorships, but our, our shows, we pretty much, you know, they help out a ton and we appreciate it, but we dig deep on a lot of this and hope for a good turnout, you know? So, you know, personally, my wife and I are putting a lot on the line for this show to, to, to pay this out so we're just just hoping people show up you know and and you know that that was leading me right into my question i i did see uh on the announcement uh these are all based on a 25 car field are you getting what what kind of feeling are you getting um on how many cars you're going to get in some of these divisions because that sounds like you're going to have almost 200 cars in the pit area based on based on conversations with drivers and um, and uh, the, uh, my wife does the Facebook page and based off her conversations on uh, the Winston Facebook page I don't see us having a problem hitting our 25 car mark in all classes Wow. So full fields, full fields all the way across. Let's talk about some of this stuff for, for, for fans um, Great pricing for fans as well. You can get single day passes or weekend passes and uh, you know the fans are not going to miss out on this do we, you know, in the age of COVID right now, do we need to pre-order tickets? Can we pre-order tickets or just tickets at the gate? How is that working right now for Winston Speedway? No, we're, the health department's been real good working with us, and we've followed everything we're supposed to throughout. And we took our right steps with the township and the health department and right on down the line, and and uh, they can get their tickets at the gate. Um, we do offer camping. There is camping for the weekend. And, um, you know, we just ask them to bring a fire, fire ring and have a good time. We really, my wife is doing some, um, because it's in October, she's doing a camping treat for the kids. Um, so we're asking the campers when they sign in, if they bring a bag of candy or something. And, uh, Saturday afternoon, the kids will all receive a pumpkin with paint that they can paint pumpkins and, and bring, uh, and uh, go trailer to trailer during the day and do a trunk or a camping treat, she called it. So trick or treating at the campers. Very cool. Now let's move into 2021 a little bit here. Uh, you made an announcement, um, what, a couple of weeks ago, maybe only a week ago, that I was excited and very curious about because folks have been talking about doing this for a long time, and that is a pro or a crate late model division at Winston Speedway. Talk to me about how this idea came about, and the excitement that you guys have behind that right now. We have a lot of excitement behind that, and I think it's going to take some time to get the class built where we expect it to be, you know. But in our area, I think there's a big call for it because there's a lot of low-budget racers racing late models that struggle to afford it and go above their means to try to compete at that level of the super late model. And um, friends of mine, 
uh, people I know. There's a lot of cars sitting in garages right now that would 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 be perfect for that class. And um, after talking with the guys throughout the season, we've got probably 15 commitments already for the class that are pretty much ready to go. And um, what we're doing with that class, which is interesting, is is we're allowing to run a um, a, a street stock motor, I'll call it a flat tap it all steel motor on a two barrel, which horsepower for horsepower is real, you know, real close to the 604 crate. Mm-hmm. And now what we're getting is guys with street stocks going, hey, I can go buy a chassis, a 212 or 214 chassis for, you know, six to $8,000 roller, put my street stock motor and tranny in there and go compete in a late model class. And, you know, Dean, the other thing that I think is great about that is you have put a commitment into a brand new race, race into a brand new class, excuse me, but you're also keeping your commitment to an already established super late model division, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And um, talking with some of the drivers, um, they're, the super late drivers are actually excited about it too because it gives some of the guys that are a couple seconds off on lap speeds uh, a place to go with their late models and compete where they'll be more competitive for a win, you know, and, and it, it should cut down on some cautions in our super late models too. It should separate them a little bit, I feel. Now, we were talking uh, a few months ago. This subject came up when we had, we had Rusty Schlank on the show, and uh, he, he was talking about he went down south where crate late model racing is huge down in the south, and he says, if we ever brought it up here to, the, you know, to Ohio and Michigan, it would fly like the wind. It would go off in a hurry. Um, I think you really believe that, don't you? Well, yeah, and that's why I'm putting my neck out on out for it. Um, I do believe it's the future, you know. I really do, and I, my, I took my son racing every spring. We raced out of state also, and some of the tracks we, you know, we've been at with Rusty, and it seems like that's the biggest class at every track we go to down there. And um, and it, the way the rules are are in that class. I just believe in our area it would take off big because we have so many cars that are so close to those rules already that are trying to run with the super late that I, I just think it, 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 it'll be a great class. And for the fans, I mean, for the same emission price, you get to watch two classes of late models. I just think they'll, they'll, they'll buy into that. Well, Dean, it sounds like exciting things in the work for 2021, and uh, I'm sure with COVID, you know, congratulations, uh, let me just say that, being able to get a season in, do it safely, and actually get quite a few races in uh, right on through the first weekend of October, um, man, that's that's no small feat, especially this year when we've had tracks like, you know, Flat Rock and Springport and, and those places that haven't even had a chance to open the front gate, so uh, you guys got to feel real fortunate on that end. We've, it, it's been a blessing. We feel blessed. Um, we, everything that happened this year with just taking the track over, then the COVID and, you know, you got to believe that there was a time where we were really nervous, but the drivers and the fans and the, 
and the local businesses have been just really supportive and it, it's really made this season a pleasure even with the COVID and the bumps and bruises we took from that. It's just been an awesome season. We, I mean, feel, we feel blessed and we couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah. You know, Dean, we've, we've, uh, I've been getting out to racetracks uh, a lot diff more different ones this year because of uh, the restrictions and, and some people that can race and some people can't. And I have to tell you, I have to give you a compliment to you and your fans. My only trip to Winston and I was, I'm not going to lie to you when you don't, when you go somewhere you've never been, you're, you know, you're a little bit nervous and your fans did everything the right way. Um, I never felt uncomfortable walking through uh, your concourse, anything. I mean, they, they really made it easy for you to go racing every week. Oh, absolutely. Um, like I said, our, 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 the success we had this year, I owe it all to the fans and to the drivers. We got just a good group of guys, awesome drivers that are real supportive of the racetrack, want to see it happen, fans as well. And it's just, like I said, it's, it's, it's been a blessing for well, my wife and I, for sure. Well, Dean, and, and uh, I know we didn't get uh, get much in there for for Lynette, but uh, to both of you guys, thanks so much for uh, making some time to be on the show tonight. Good luck with this weekend's event. Uh, I hope it goes off well, and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, should be a good one, too, for race fans to get up there Friday and Saturday. They can take part, and uh, grandstands open at 4 o'clock on Friday, 3 o'clock on Saturday, racing at at 6 on Friday and 4 o'clock on Saturday. So, you guys, good luck this weekend and looking forward to seeing what that event does for you guys. Well, thank you. We appreciate you having us on. And I'd like to add one thing is um, we will be racing as late into October as the weather allows us to. So we don't plan on giving up anytime soon this season. All right, so this one might not be it. So good. I'm glad to hear that. Way to go, Winston. Keep trying, baby. Man, Keep getting the races in. Out. Come back to Winston this year. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, you guys. Good luck. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, have a great night, okay? Yes, thank you, guys. God bless. Well, perhaps end-of-the-year specials like the uh, player hater have your season and your body looking like it's shredded and headed for the junkyard. Well, here's the thing. If you're going to keep racing with Winston Speedway and other racetracks, they're going to race until we've got six feet of snow. Check out our friends at racefastener.com by Sherman Enterprises. They have rivets, body bolts, body tools, and so much more. Cheap pricing and quantity discounts are available. Just $8 flat rate shipping or free shipping on orders over $100. And here's the cool thing, because you're a fan of Horsepower Happenings, you get $10 off your first order of $50 or more when you use the coupon code HPH, Horse Power Happenings, HPH, when you go to check out $10 off your first order of $50 or more. And if you're looking for more speed out of your dirt race car, contact Brennan Sherman at Sherman Enterprises for data-driven engineering and testing. They offer DRP, pull-down rig testing, data acquisition testing, and complete chassis geometry analysis as well as chassis updates. Located in Albion, Indiana, don't get left in the dust. Call Brennan and start winning. You can call Brennan at 260-636-6225 or email Brennan at teamse.com. Rich, uh, so much going on. We've talked about so many things tonight. I know that you're really looking forward to an event that we've got coming up this weekend. Exactly. It'll be the final event uh, of 2020 for Toledo Speedway, even if it seems like they just got started. Uh, which they did, but coming up this Sunday afternoon, October 4th, at the Toledo Speedway, the Hemelgarn Racing Super Fitness Raleigh Beal Classic, 
100 laps for the USAC Silver Crown Champ Car Series. This is their championship event, Zach. And uh, entries to date, Justin Grant, the series points leader, also defending champion Cody Swanson, also entered uh, Kyle Robbins, Matt Goodnight, Chris Windham, Aaron Pierce, Bobby Santos, all expected to be in the house. Uh, it should be an excellent event. Also in action are the ARCA late model sportsmen, street stocks, factory stocks, and figure eights, the only event they've been able to get on the racetrack um, in 2020. Tickets are available online for $25. Only 1,500 tickets are allowed to be sold due to the COVID restrictions in Ohio. Uh, the remaining tickets will be sold on race day, first come, first serve, Zach. So if you want to go, you got to be first in line. 11 a.m., the ticket office opens. Practice starts at 11.30 with the race card going off at 2 p.m. Well, and uh, it's going to be an exciting weekend for you at Toledo Speedway. I'll be headed down to see our friends at Nashville Fairground Speedway this weekend as they have a couple of races before the All-American 400 at the end of the month. And then, Rich... It's almost Winchester 400 time. As a matter of fact, next weekend, I believe you and I will be hitting the road. And then up here in Michigan, Springport Speedway swears up and down. They're doing Michigan Cup this year, so that's going to be a big pavement event next weekend as well. So much going on. End of the year specials. So exciting and so much fun. And we're going to keep you in tune with all of it. For Katie Hattinger, for Kyle Hayden, and for Dean Wilkerson, thanks so much. For Rich France, I'm Zach Heiser. Have a great rest of your night, and we'll talk next week. listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.